Okay, hello, and welcome to Enterprise Endpoint Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Burnett, and we have an honorary co-host with us, Adam Gross. Hey, Adam. Hello. Okay, and we have many, many esteemed guests because it's literally a round table. Can you introduce Steve Hosking? I just did it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is off to a great start of a train wreck. The yeah. gentleman to my right is Steve Hosking. <laughs> Hello. He has long hair and a beard. You can introduce Brian. He's going to give you grief somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> this is Brian. He's from Canada. Hi, Brian. Hi, Adam. Brian Dam, you work for a recast, I correct? Yes. All right. Well, glad we've established those things. And David Segura, who has OSD Builder. Oh, wait. Yeah. I'm not supposed to tip that yet. Oh. Jumping ahead. Do <laughs> I have to do special? Restart the recording. David Segura. <laughs> David, where are you from? Uh, Houston. Hey. Houston. Oh, I'm from Houston. That's cool stuff. I said Houston twice. No home team is an advantage here. And Jan, you pronounce his last name. Uh, Jockey Skonky. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. It's okay. That's not too bad. That's the whole thing. It's close. It's close. Extra T's in there or something. I think. Yeah. So my name is Jan uh, Ketel Skonke. That's the one. Uh, the problem is my my last name. If you pronounce it in English, it doesn't sound that good. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or skank. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Well. And Donna Ryan. Hello. And you are from where? Uh, Michigan. Did l- I did a little bit of time in, in Ohio, 10 years. I moved back Prison? To, uh, <laughs> well, it felt like it. <laughs> I mean, it was Ohio, man. <laughs> and now in, in uh, southwest Michigan, out in farm country, with, with my wife, our three tractors, two cats, soon to have a dog, and two children. Nice. What are your tractors' <laughs> names? Uh, there's the Alice Chalmers and the Kubota. I know real original. Although I do have an MTD. What's their names? Well, that's what I've called them. But I do have an MTD that is called the MDT. Right. Very nice. nice. Very nice. MDT. Mm-hmm. Next we've got uh, Maurice Daly. Hey, Maurice. Oh, no. Hey. You've done the thing. What? What thing? It's Morris, isn't it? It is. Morris. 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 It is. Yeah. You would pronounce it in Paris, <laughs> I, I almost got Yonkis Gonky over here, but I can't get Mor- Morris. It's it Morris. is. It's Morris, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Wow. I, I did it wrong. Like, been, literally, no one knows that. <laughs> well, can you, you know, just believe it? No, Adam, your shame shall live on eternal. I could call you Mo underscore daily or something, but you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can just Mo see you yelling at cross conference. Mo underscore daily, please come over here. I only know people by Twitter handles. Fair enough. We are off the rails. Okay, and Jorgen Nilsson. Yes, absolutely. Hi. Glad to be here. Jorgen with a J. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, who are you? That's a good question. I don't know. Nobody. I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) Moving along. So I showed up. (laughs) Jordan Nilsson with a J also. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to dive right into it. This is a community tools podcast, which means we're going to talk about a select number of community tools in several categories. The first of which is infrastructure. Why don't you introduce the first tool? All right. Adam. First runner up here is a Config Manager Prereq Tool by Nikolai Anderson. You tell us your uh, feelings about this tool. Yeah, my feelings about this tool is uh, that it's, uh, it's a real great starter tool for people who really don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> 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 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, the point is, the those point people is, are called is. consultants. So, uh, to, to, to be honest, right? So, um, in my career, I worked with config manager up until 2007. I went to Microsoft and doing sales and trainings and stuff, and then I got back into the market and trying to get back into the config manager world and Nikolai's tool helped me get started because it helps me take care, of, take care of all those prerequisites that I didn't know of. So that's why it's a great tool. It helps you get started. Yep. So the, the prereq tool is a tool you can run that will let you choose different roles or features that you want to assess against your environment and then automatically or, or make suggestions or even run the PowerShell commands Mm -hmm. for letting you know whether those tools are installed. Is that kind of right? Yeah. And you don't have C-sharp, not PowerShell. Okay, yeah, hey, well, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't even need to know what PowerShell is to use this just tool. Just does right? things. You click the buttons and hit it. It's yeah. yeah. I use yeah. it. I love it. I think it's great. And yeah, the best thing is it just adds the features you need. Yeah. Because what other admins end up doing otherwise is <laughs> add everything, but they... I don't know what they are, but we'll start at the top and yeah. install them all. Yeah. It's just all the entire feature set. Yeah. So who around the table actually thinks that should be in the product instead? Yes. Yep. Yeah. We're all raising our hands. Everyone, everyone is raising their hands. You know they hand. can't hear us raise our hands, right? <laughs> yeah. Bill, raise your hand, please. Raise your hand. It's unanimous. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, we're back. Okay, now we're going to talk to... We left? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. I just like to do that like I'm on a TV show. Nice. <laughs> I felt like it. I, I, <laughs> That's what I was going for. Okay, so the next one here is OSD Builder from David Segura. And before we get into the tech, I just want to point out, he has easily one of the top three stickers here at MMS. So I can't describe it without it sounding really kind of morbid and scary. Because it's actually very fun. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually a, uh, a voodoo doll uh, with some pins in it. I, I thought we could do something uh, New Orleans ish without <laughs> having to just slap on a Saints logo or something, you know? Very nice. Nice, very yeah. nice. I think, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think it captures New Orleans well. Totally uh, captures the theme, yeah. So David, why don't you give us, uh, since you're here, um, give us, I don't know, 30, 30 second rundown of OSD Builder and kind of, you know. Yeah, thanks Adam. Yeah, OSD Builder uh, is used by a lot of people to offline service Windows 10. Windows Server 2019, 2016, and some older OSs, which I don't like. But uh, it, it works pretty well. Uh, today, we, we just uh, kind of previewed an OSD module, which is accompanying OSD Builder, which is uh, hopefully going to be uh, helpful in task sequences for OS deployment. So yeah, so we, we got to we all got to see it at the tips and tricks session tonight, which I think is one of the premier like you know the the reason you, or not what, what the highlights of of the MMS events is um, it's a community driven. I think you said twenty five different people, non speakers, non you know on the schedule speakers, pe members of the community got up and gave tips or tricks in a four minute format. Um, to the all the attendees who stuck around, and um, it got to got to just show the work that they're doing in the in their um, in their daily job, and highlight the community. And so David was able to to show the OSD module, which uh, in, included several members of our um, community. Absolutely, and, um, David, can you tell it us? It is it more? is definitely a community tool when. Uh, 
When it started, uh, uh, I, I pinged mm -hmm. uh, several people. We've got Donna Ryan. She's one of the uh, the people who've helped contribute to the module. Uh, Andrew Jimenez, Ben Whitmore, Gary Block, who uh, is uh, going to be helping out. Um, awesome, awesome speaker. He's at MMS Jazz, uh, one of my co-presenters. Um, Jerome, um, I'm going to massacre this name. Jerome? No. You just Jerome. Go the first letter is Jerome. Sometimes the first letter yes. works. Can confirm. Yes, I see the name. I would agree. I would agree. It's Jerome, Jerome BZ Torres. BZ Torres. Torres. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nathan Bridges and uh, Manel Rodero. And uh, all of these people, when I say they contribute, they have full contributor rights in GitHub to make whatever changes they want to the module. So it is absolutely a shared community contribution everything. So wow, so if one of them turned evil... We do uh, keep previous versions, but um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, you know, we're open to letting whoever else contribute and, and uh, you know, a lot of these functions are going to work in WinPE and, and in a task sequence, so uh, hopefully check back next year, we'll, we'll include a whole library of different uh, um, different functions for uh, OS deployment. Excellent. Thanks, David. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So what's the next one? On oh my goodness, Okay, Wimwich. this is fun. This is also, Wimwich is also one of the top three stickers uh, at MMS. I have it as the centerpiece of my MMS sticker laptop. But why does it have a clown on it? I thought it, I mean, it seemed like the more obvious one would have been a witch picture, but I understand. No, it's, it's, it is a nice, I like it. It it's is scary. clearly clearly a witch. And I saw Donna walking around the conference earlier and she had a witch hat on. Yep. Did you wear that in your session while you're presenting? Um, I wore it uh, at the, uh, the jam session. All right. Uh, because you know, we're maybe going to be talking about some of the uh, offline image servicing tools. I probably will be wearing that tomorrow during my uh, session with Dave, right. rocking full uh, full uh, pigtails as well. I'm gonna try to get fully in character. Nice. So no, nice. I've, I've seen. I've uh, I got an early preview of Wimwish. Thank mm -hmm. you for letting me uh, give a run through. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. It worked really well. And um, so I know that it's it's running on another community tool from Dave, right? So are running one of the pieces of yep. it. Not, I'm sorry, I don't want to minimize the work that you've done on it at all. <laughs> but you mispronounced stealing but from, it, yes. <laughs> Go on. Borrowing. Borrowing. But the Labor. thing to highlight is that is that you were able to take a community tool and build another tool on top of it to yep. just enhance, to build a whole new, you know, a new thing for yep. a different audience. And I think that's amazing. So tell us about it. So what Wimwich does, it, it's another offline image servicing tool, but it actually provides a GUI. Uh, so it's really easy Shots for some, fired. It's really easy for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they work together on this. Yeah. <laughs> not after this. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not a replacement for OSD Builder. OSD Builder is a fantastic tool. Yeah, OSD Builder is a command line GUI. It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Command line GUI. I don't think those words mean what you think. Hashtag 
mud games. <laughs> Hashtag yellow, yellow place. Yeah, nice. but, but in a nutshell, what it, it's really good for the for those people that are intimidated by command line or intimidated by PowerShell, and they want Brian, to. Brian, sounds like a really good tool for you. I know. No, for me too. Does it eliminate typing? Because that's really what I kind of need. No, there's 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 still plenty of capability in there for you to fat finger something. Right, I'm out. <laughs> but it, it gives you all the basics, so you can you know, remove your AppX packages. You can patch. Uh, you can uh, inject .NET. It does have a little bit of autopilot capabilities. And for the patching module, I ended up um, building on top of uh, Dave's uh, OS, OSD SUS uh, module. So why reinvent the wheel when there's already a fantastic tool that handles all of that? Absolutely. I didn't have to rebuild something, and it's already trusted and known in the community. Well, well I'll, I'll interject. I will say Donna's efforts is what caused me to fork off OSD SUS. Uh, and that is a you module. Said fork, right? Yes. Fork off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a module, and the only the only purpose of that module is to provide uh, you know links to download Microsoft updates. And so uh, anybody can use it in their own scripts. Uh, you don't have to just use WinWitch or OSD Builder. So uh, yeah. it's because of her effort that 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 now exists. So. And and an interesting bit of trivia. Donna, how much PowerShell had you done yeah. before you started this? Uh, about 16 lines. <clears throat> I didn't know what a function was. I didn't know how to pass parameters. Lines I'd, of code, right? 16 lines of code, <laughs> okay. yes. And my most complex one was harvesting a serial number uh, uh, to do OSD computer naming in um, WinPE. So, so about how long did it take you to build this? Just uh, a little over three months. That you know, three months of nights, weekends. And a very patient wife. <laughs> yeah. How well, much? How much time did you spend learning PowerShell? I'm kind of curious. Did you get like PowerShell in seven days or something? No, nope. like that. How no, you, it was. It? And how, how easy was it for you? Well, Three months of failing. So it, pretty you, much. Succeeded. <laughs> so what I, I did is yeah, I started with the, the basic script and like okay, here's my basic functions. I know I need to mount, dismount, and apply a package. Essentially, what I needed to do, and then I built from there. I used um, Stephen Owen's um, uh, Fox Deploy. He's got a, a great um, series on doing WPF with PowerShell. So I used yes. that to start to create yeah, GUIs. Yeah. To, to create the, the GUI front end, and then pretty much I just kept throwing myself at the wall. Okay, I need to do this. How do I do this? Uh, Google, Google, Google. Occasionally, hey Jordan, hey Brian, hey David. How the hell do I do this? But pretty much it was, you know, it was one of those that I had the end goal. I didn't know how to get there, but knowing where I needed to get allowed me to, you know, figure out that I need to do this. Okay, Google, how do I dismount? Okay, okay. awesome. Thank you. So people, don't be afraid of PowerShell. Oh, no, no. <laughs> in fact, if you're in this industry and you aren't using PowerShell or you're not trying to learn PowerShell, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You really, you really should be looking at it. Um, but there's so many. Adam will judge you. Yeah. No, no, we'll all judge you. No, I think, I think it's one of those things that uh, it just it enhances your your skill set to the point that it just opens so many doors for automation, for easing the burden of doing things. Um, I mean, I think it's a great skill set to have, and there's so many community tools that are available that if you have some PowerShell skills, or or you can take and start using and then build your PowerShell skills from by looking at other people's code, go look at GitHub and, and steal samples and, and start building things from. Um, I think it's an incredible tool, but you don't have to use PowerShell. It just, 
I think it's a really great skill to well, have. Well, I, I want to add that, you know, she did mention, uh, you know, all the people who helped contribute. That's that's the, the awesome thing about the community. There's Agreed. so many people willing to help. You know, I've got like a thousand messages between me and Donna on all kinds of stuff, not just not just, uh, <laughs> not just this, but yeah, it is, the community is, is this a really say amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. If, as long as you keep the two words together as one word, I think it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to cover on Wimwitch before we move on? It does also handle command line <clears throat> functionality as well. Yes, is the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> and, at, and at that point, I will right. shut up. All right, nice. All right okay. next. <clears throat> Go ahead, Adam. Uh, next one is uh, Config Manager Client Health by Jorgen, can you help me with it? <laughs> Anders Rödland. There we go. We didn't want to butcher the names, so there you go. All right, so who's, who's got this one? Uh, I'll do it. Everyone needs to have like a health script in the environment. Uh, Jason Sandys has one, which we maybe we're not going to talk at length, but you need to be running a health script. Uh, we talk about it in some of, of our sessions. Um, you're not patching, you're not applying apps if you don't have uh, healthy clients. And yeah, Config Manager has some stuff built into it, and uh, you know it's gotten better, I guess. But there's still just a whole bunch of stuff that it's even outside of, of Config Manager. It's just like, are you successfully applying group policy, right? Like, if group policy fails, a whole bunch of stuff just falls apart. Um, there's some WMI stuff uh, that's in there. Uh, services, are your services started? What's that? Storage. Yeah, Sorry, storage. Um, and actually, uh, and I'm speaking this because I actually had the opportunity to do a pull request. So if you have some ideas for health, uh, uh, the client health script, uh, Anders pulled a bunch of my stuff in, and, and I've seen him do it for others as well. So it really is a true community effort. Um, you know, and one of the examples for me was on servers that just don't get rebooted forever. Um, the client just kind of goes out to lunch. Like it's the service is running, but the client you can you can look at the logs. Uh, the lights are on, but nobody's home. And just restarting the service is enough to make everything work again. So, uh, you know, I wrote a little bit of a, a, a configuration to just restart the client after a, a whatever time period you select. And it's for us, for a lot of server patching stuff, it just solved a bunch of problems. So if you have an idea, you can talk to him or, you know, better yet, it's a community tool. So legitimately make a pull request. It's out there on GitHub. So, so Ryan, what's, what's it take to, you know, implement this in your environment? Because I know that, all right, so already you you kind of get into that that area of you know, that gray area of okay I don't even know if the clients are broken and I'm gonna put this this thing in my environment that's potentially gonna do things to my clients and what's this look like to, to implement so uh, Anders has his own blog about how to how to implement it and it, there's a lot of different ways to do it uh, there's a lot of options you can centralize logging either I believe to a file share or even right into a database um, on my own blog, Damn Good Admin, I have a post called How I Came to Love the Health Script. Um, there's no like one correct way to implement this script. All that, to me, all that matters is that you have something in your environment, external to Config Manager, that's looking at, your, at the health of the client and trying to automatically remediate some stuff. Um, so in my case, I was using uh, specifically group policy to deliver this to every device in my organization and to make sure that it was there. Uh, and make sure that it, uh, that it was running on a particular schedule. So, but that's the, is that the right way to do it? There's like a thousand ways to do it. Um, I think the, the the real key is just to do something out of Config Manager, right? You need some external thing that's not Config Manager to make sure that the client's installed because that's one of the features of, of the health script, which is if it's not installed, let's install it. 
Um, uh, there's some even like some prerequisite software updates. You can have the, the, the script will automatically install. So you get to a point where the client will reliably work. And, and the thing um, to note here is, um, like you said, there's you need to at least have something monitoring your client health. And so there, this is just one of several community tools that are available. Um, and um, Microsoft has one, but it's not a community tool, so we're just not even gonna go there. So uh, thank you, Brian. Anybody have anything? <clears throat> anybody else have anything to add on this before we move on to modern BIOS management? Hmm. Modern BIOS management. What's that all about? All right, Jordan. We should No, I'm gonna make that some other guy in here talk about it. <laughs> You're wearing the right shirt. <laughs> no, I'm not. What in the world? Lies, slander. Why don't use make him talk about it? Use okay, okay yeah. Sorry. I'll take that one. Let's go, Mo. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, is it better or worse than Morris or Maurice? It's debatable. Okay. Yeah. When, when do I arrive in the U.S., it's Maurice. Ah. I live with that. It's so Maurice Sorry. in France as well, so maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very generous on you because it's your name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, modern bias management, it's uh, a solution that myself and Nikolai Anderson coined together. Um, so it's kind of a multi-part thing where we're, we're using a web service and a uh, PowerShell script to download application, or sorry, download packages into Configuration Manager. Uh, then we're doing some matching at deployment time to ensure that we get the right BIOS update for particular machines. And BIOS updating is one of those things that, you know, many years ago, who cared? The machines came in, break fix, Maybe we did it. Maybe we didn't. It works, right? Yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's just a thing that controls the bit at the start with the like the HP or the Dell logo is right. It doesn't affect the machine. Well, unfortunately, it kind of does, and there's a lot of security updates um, that need to be done in that space. So, uh, it's an end-to-end -end solution um, that just automates the whole process. Um, it's kind of got a lot of traction in the community, and uh, I think a lot of people are using it. I think a lot is a little bit of an understatement. That so. is, yeah, it's a gross understatement. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Say it. I don't know if I'm pre-gaming, but uh, do we have a slide for the the web servers? Because that itself is its own like. Oh, I think we deleted that. Of course we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we move on that, the the okay. So you mentioned security, and mm. so you know I, I'm looking at it saying you know we can BIOS maybe not do BIOS, but what's really the driver? What's the business driver to do it? And it's the if it's not broke, don't fix it. And so if I if I'm upgrading my machines and they're getting the, you know Windows 10 and everything's working fine, then man, BIOS is scary. You know, it's it's I'm gonna I'm gonna do this at a user's desk and I'm not gonna be there to see it. And I've got BitLocker enabled and all those things. But you're saying security, so that yeah, seems to be yeah. kind of a bigger overriding driver for doing BIOS than then I'm worried that my user might get BitLocker. It's a huge thing. I mean, we did a session during the week where you know we're highlighting kind of readme stuff in the readme file where you could bypass the BitLocker pin, you know, by not having the right BIOS version. So it's that kind of level of security that, that um, companies need to be aware of. Um, and you know, it's it's not a it's not a big thing to update these machines. It's not like they're gonna you're gonna end up with a room full of bricked machines. This whole thing of Oh yeah, yeah. I'll push it down, and don't anyone pull the power plug. Um, vendors like you know Dell, HP, Lenovo, Microsoft—they've come along and they said 
we have it down to microseconds when these the flip the switch is happening so unless you're going to pull the power cord <laughs> at exactly that point the machine will continue to work and and uh, i believe <coughs> that you've even worked with representatives from some of these vendors that you're actually yeah yeah we, biases for, right? we got um really really <coughs> good feedback from them so i mean i started off doing um like a tool which was just for my own purpose you know kind of i was an admin and i thought uh, hey, you know, this, this laborious task of downloading stuff and packaging up, maybe I could automate that. And that's how I learned PowerShell as well. You know, trial and error, lots and lots of red screens. Yeah. Um, but you get there eventually. Um, Just change the text color. <coughs> exactly, yeah, then it's all white. <laughs> yeah. Everything's Something good. Post UI, foreground, background color. <laughs> this is fine, everything is fine. First white command alert, how to change error codes to white. <laughs> exactly. Right. No I've more heard red. changing the host PowerShell prompt window fixes that issue too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of effort went into it, but um, we spoke to Lenovo and Dell and, and HP and Microsoft as well. So um, there's a lot of good people in those organizations have helped us. Um, and they've actually learned from us as well. Like, I mean, Lenovo didn't have a, an XML service before we started speaking to them. And now, now that service is using their own tools, um, which is kind of cool. So it's again, like, you know, as we were saying earlier on, power of this community that we're in yeah. um, to go ahead and do this stuff. Excellent. Going, going, going back to security, it's actually a matter of functionality as well, because it's not about deploying new drivers anymore for a new Windows 10 build, it's about deploying a new BIOS and drivers, mm -hmm. because they are tested together as a bundle. So if you just look at the vendor's support pages, that's what's stated. You need a new firmware and new drivers, not only new drivers. So, um, so it's definitely functionality discussion as well. Excellent. Okay, we're on to PS App Deployment Toolkit. Ooh, I see this one come up all of the time on uh, I'm on Reddit quite often, and this seems to be one of those things that that um, uh, just is the go-to answer for, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to do X with, with application packaging, and App Deploy Toolkit comes up. So who's got this one? So I mean, oh, you've already gone, Brian. Come on, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. I did okay, session. Brian, go. Nobody else. I did a session it. where we talked about it. No, that's fine. That's fine. Go on. <laughs> he just happens no. to be one of the world's leading no. authorities on the topic. But if yes. someone else to talk no, about that's it, fine. that's fine. Uh, so, if you're trying to do anything complex in an application install, uh, and you come to Reddit and you're like, "How do I do this crazy, you know, the batshit crazy thing?" and we're going to tell you, go use the PowerShell application mm -hmm. to plug the toolkit, like. Um, and the whole idea is that there's a whole bunch of well, well documented functions, so that you need to know just a little bit of PowerShell, right? Like it, it's all about reducing the, the barrier to entry. So, are you a PowerShell wizard? No, but you can read a document. If you can read a, a PDF, you can use the PowerShell application to, toolkit um, to simplify what otherwise would be some complex in installation scenario. So if you need to run some weird script or disable, you know, stop a service or in, uh, enforce a, a particular order of install, you can use the PowerShell application toolkit to do that. Um, the other thing I've seen it for, and uh, my co-presenter Daniel Ratliff would talk your ear off about it, is uh, standardized logging. So I know some people that use this tool for everything. It is their standard for everything they install for no other reason than they use its logging. 
And that way, it doesn't matter what kind of install it is, if it's an EXE, an MSI, MSIX, eventually, um, or a batch, you know, a, a batch file, they're going to get a standardized set of logging for every single install. Um, and so for, for some people, that's why they use it. It's just straight up standardization. So in like 30 seconds, how do you get started with it? I mean, other than clicking the link to the website. You download it, you make, a, uh, make an application with it, you edit the uh, a PowerShell, uh, there's a, a PowerShell script in there and you're gonna edit it and there's a particular second for install, or like pre-install, install, post-install, and the same thing for the so uninstall. So it's really just a, a standalone utility that you just Yeah, absolutely, you, play. Yeah, you download it and then you, you put your command lines in there. Um, and then when you create the application, you point it at, I believe, the, at the executable, which then runs that script. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Anybody else got anything else to add? You can use it with Intune as well, yep. as a Win32 app. Yep, great Just call. as sure to get the logs at the same location, get the same troubleshooting experience, same everything. So it's actually really useful as well. It is. You know, I've used you know, the Flexera, you know, the Install Shield, the Admin Studio suite. And what you can do with PSADT, it, it's really impressive. So I mean, if you're one of those folks that are using batch files to try and do the, you know, call this file and copy that, step, step your game up. There's a lot of really cool functions that were built with app packaging in mind that are unique to PSADT. So it, it's one of those that I, and I recommend to my clients when we're starting to roll out config man and we start getting into app packaging and well how do I do this? Well yeah you could do that with a batch file but don't. Go grab this, it's free and it is so valuable. Yeah, it's documentation, right? Like it's well documented. Very yeah. well documented. Yeah, as you say as well, when when Flexera takes it into their product and you talk Very about true. the community standard, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Impressive. Driver Automation Toolkit. because you can't mispronounce my last name and make it sound worse than it already is. So you mean Gross? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Driver Automation Tool by Morris Daly. Yeah. All right, so um, it's a little PowerShell script I wrote once upon a time. In the land far, far away. In the land far, far away. Full of pixies and fairy leprechauns, dust. Yeah. And leprechauns. Thank you, Morgan. Um, but, uh, <laughs> That's racist. Any pots of gold over there? <laughs> lots, lots. Yeah, you leprechauns. I am one of the leprechaun people. Um, <laughs> he says that because he's a little uh, <coughs> the shortest MVP. <laughs> I no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not the shortest MVP. So big shout out to Sandy. Thank yes. you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's basically like thirteen thousand lines, um, but there was only around about seven or eight thousand actual lines of code, and the rest is is images. Um, but yeah, that's how I learned PowerShell basically. Um, but uh, yeah, that escalated quickly. It, it did yeah, escalate yeah, yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of free time once upon a time. Um, but yeah, it it uh, it automates the downloading, uh, packaging, distributing, superseding, etc. of uh, driver and BIOS packages. 
lot of help from uh, people in HP, Dell, Lenovo, and Microsoft. Big share to, to those guys. Um, you know who you were. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of downloads. Um, something like, I don't know, 45,000 downloads, which <coughs> depresses the life out of me because I should have charged for it. Yeah, you should have. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's got its own uh, AKA.ms. I, I don't know how that happened, but it's uh, AKA.ms forward slash driver management tool. Hmm. Um, yeah. Very, very well does, does that mean that Microsoft supports it now? Uh, apparently so. Well, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no. apparently Don't you're people at Microsoft can just make their own AKS. I mean, here first, people. Uh, uh, an interesting fact was that the first release I did was was purely for me, and I had this command line thing, right? And, I, and people kept saying to me, "It's command line." People like GUIs. So I learned how to build people So I learned how to uh, how to get a GUI together and I released this version and I call it like the Dell driver automation tool. And within <laughs> twenty four hours I got a call from Dell. Uh, from Warren Boyle. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you were about to say legal. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but you can imagine. No, that was three hours. Yeah, First can, three words, cease and desist. <laughs> More or less. Really? Um, yeah, because they were getting calls on how to support this new tool that they nice. just released. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, yeah. so they did take issue with the name? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But look, you know, I mean, maybe I was naive cool back bro. then. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we, we, we kind of grew it and we grew it. We'd love to support more manufacturers. Um, so if there's anyone out there who has any inroads into those, um, that would be good. Uh, mind you, my wife might have other words to say. In, in fact, uh, <laughs> I believe, I believe uh, one, of the, one of the folks here at Jazz was asking the other day about uh, supporting Nook, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it will. So if anybody listening fault, wants to help add Nook drivers to the- Or if you have a mom tool. and pop, home built, homebrew PC, Maurice will support it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Maurice about the Nook, that was my fault. Sorry. I'm, I'm I now leaving you. the room, thank yes. <laughs> So we can get you to commit to more things then. Yeah, but they need to provide a babysitter as well. Yes. yes. So his wife gets out. Babysitter. Um, yeah, babysitter and an XML feed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Babysitter and XML feed would be fantastic. Yes. But you can do the babysitting, right? I can pay for it. <laughs> That's probably best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to cover on driver automation tool before we move on? Use it. Use it. Use Use it. it. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it is a fantastic tool. Uh, as a consultant, you know, I'm going in representing first parties, you know, Microsoft and, you know, my employer. And it is the only community tool that I will, you know, absolutely recommend 100% of the time. Usually you run into issues where you don't want to recommend a community tool because of its, there's no official support, <laughs> X, Y, Z. What's really impressive, though, is when I've gone into clients that I've already have a config man environment, 90% of the time they've already got DAT stood up and they're using it. It is out there and it's a fantastic tool. And if you're under a rock and have never heard it, you should be using it. So one thing I will say about DAT that I find I come into a lot of customers or talking to a lot of customers about it is is that they forget that it also integrates with the web service component. It's yep. not just modern BIOS true management yeah. that integrates with it. They're like, oh yeah, we use this thing to download our driver packages, but then they forget that that's like, you know, 60% of the functionality. There's this whole other piece. Oh yeah, and we've got the web service installed. We're using it for BIOS. But are they using it for drivers? No, we just forgot about it. So if you're doing that, 
stop. Start using the driver when you're using the DAT. Use the web service with it the way it was meant to be used. Yeah, Save yourself time. The only, other thing I'll, <clears throat> the only other thing I'll chip in is that with the web service, I hear from customers saying, we don't use it because our security team has issues with it or whatever. It's a completely open source solution. So if they want the code, they can just simply look at it. Um, it's secured by a. Well, that's too much work for the security team. Yeah, uh, maybe that's if the issue. If we compiled it, no, no, I, I, that looks good. I, yeah, I have a customer in Norway. They actually had a security team look through the code before they actually brought in the board. Yeah, and uh, they look through the code and then say, "Okay, this is good. We can do this." So wow. yeah, so it's so, literally been vetted by a security team as well. Can yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we add that? No, 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 no. Don said one, yeah, of, his, one of his customers yeah. said that uh, this looks good. I can't name the customer, but yeah, this is a high uh, security related customer. Yeah, you were a salesperson before, right? Yeah, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but it's true. They actually looked through the code to uh, be able to bring this in their environment. They had legal and everything. Yeah, it was a crazy I know one time. company that was running it that they code signed it after the fact. They took it and they yeah. code signed it. Really? Wow. To our environment because they ran no PowerShell scripts without code signing. It's like a terrible practice. <coughs> yeah, but for DAT, you make make exceptions. <laughs> config man, <clears throat> config manager. I always want to say config. I'm weird. Config manager, task sequence monitor. Trevor Jones. Jan has to leave. Bye, Jan. Bye, Bye Jan. Jan. Oh, finally, we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so he wants to make Norwegian jokes. So actually, uh, <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> the big manager task sequence monitor by Trevor Jones is one of, I, so as a, having dealt with uh, migrating from Windows 7 to Windows 10 uh, over the last couple of years, working through all of that process and then having, we did a you know, six month rollout this year. This was one of those tools that we were able to just give to our techs and say, just use this. You want to know what's going on on your environment? Go run this tool, it's a standalone PowerShell tool, um, and it's essentially reading status messages out of the uh, Config Manager database. It has an opportunity to select the task sequence, the computer names you wanna look at, and it'll even let you just filter by errors and say, okay, I'll just filter down and show me the number of machines with errors and what those are. And it's amazing for being able to quickly identify, let's say you've made a change to your task sequence and you've deployed it, you can watch the task sequence monitor, and then you can you can group things by error and see. Okay, do I did I did I pull a Brian and fat finger something in the in the task sequence? And, um, you know, is it is it gonna that hurts right here, buddy? It hurts right here. Sure. <laughs> you still have a heart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of stone. Yeah. Uh, but what's great about it is it uh, you can set a refresh period on it, and it'll uh, scroll or an auto update as you're watching a deployment happen on a device. Um, and I think it's just a, a great tool. I mean, you can go into the console and open up um, status messages or look at other reports and things. But it this one is as hell about the, what that yeah, means. yeah, exactly. And this one's uh, dynamic and live, um, and it's free. So Trevor Jones, knocking it out. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah. All Come right. To MMS next time. UI++, Jason Sandez. Uh, who wants here. to talk about this one? Sandez, we are now calling him Sandez, Sandez. for the Sandez. rest of this. Sandez, did I say Sandez? Sandez? Yeah, Sandys. So UI++, Sandys. Jason Sandez. I, guess, UI++. I think you had it. Okay, Brian, <laughs> the floor is yours. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Uh, so really after that? <laughs> Bill, your decision making is almost the best. <laughs> I'm not going to do that with a 10 foot hole at this point. Nope. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of uh, really great 
front end, you, you know, GUI front end, uh, and I don't know how many of them we're going to talk about in, in this particular session, but uh, Jason Sandys is perennially, there's two, you know, there's two. This is one. Um, you know, Jason Sandys is perennially at, at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very... What was that word you just... Perennially. Perennially. That was a 50 cent word where a 5 cent word would have done. Yes, is that Canadian? Uh, no, that's English. <laughs> Frequently. It's, it's, at the, uh, it's, it's one of the w most well-known uh, front ends for OSD. And, and uh, it's very configurable. It has a whole bunch of different options. Um, it, you can't go wrong. Again, there, there, it's not the only one in this market. We're talking about others, it sounds like, but it's fantastic. I know a lot of people that use it. Um, and one of the things about it is it's written in, in from a right, it's VBS, right? Yeah. Um, which, which sounds... It's, uh, it's VBS. It's VBS. Oh, it's or is it? Is that, is that a patch file? Continue guessing. So, you tell so Brian, me. Brian has been talking for like five minutes on this. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, so I just want to clarify <laughs> one thing. He said perennial, and then I'm a software updates guy. You asked me the OSD front end. I mean, I, got, I told you Bill made a mistake. Do you want me to? You want me to bring this one home? No. All right, no. Donna. Yes, go on. When you're looking for a GUI front end to for OSD, you really have three choices. You have um, the UDI wizard with MDT, which works and is supported, but it is clunky and has an ugly task sequence behind it. Yes, supported with air quotes. <laughs> Yeah, you they, can, can't, they can't hear you do air quotes. What? Can they hear air quotes? Oh, no. You can make your own with an HTA, which, yeah, you can do that, or with PowerShell, WPF, or you can use UI++, which is highly customizable, uh, highly recommended, uh, updated frequently, beautiful. and easy to use. Beautiful. And beautiful. beautiful. Plus, you got some sweet stickers. In did I not say that? And everyone That's said true. I was wrong. You didn't tell us what it did. Perennial. And you said it was you written in PBs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving. Perennial, so it blooms every year. That's what I was going Okay. Was that, was that that I may not defend his initial response. Now but, he's cutting you off. But, but his use of perennial was absolutely spot on. It just Thank means you. that you use wow. it day in, day out, year in, year out. It's always there. You're always got it. You never expect someone who Elevate uses. your vocabulary. Read some freaking books. <laughs> <laughs> just, I've heard you say a lot of other words. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, should we move on now? Yes. 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 Please. <laughs> the one time we're unanimous. All yes. in favor? Aye. Okay, Config Manager OSD Front End from Nikolai. Who wants to cover this? Not me. Why is it me? Jordan Morris. Why is it me? Oh, Jordan Morris. Jordan hasn't really said a lot. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan. We're going to make the software updates guy talk about OSD again. I'd like to take one. Well, it seemed to work so well for Brian. It went so well the first time. Yeah. Well, it could possibly Well, you've met right. Nikolai, haven't you? I have. I have once or twice, possibly. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just tagging on to the back end of what was going on with... <laughs> Shut up, all of you. This is what a train wreck sounds like. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tagging on to what Brian and Donna said about Jason Sandy's front end, it's another example of a way to use a GUI front end with OSD. However, one spot that's really cool about it, along with the rest of the kind of SC Config Manager release, yes, will be known as... So it actually ties in along with the web service, along with the other, the rest of the other tools. So you can leverage the front end GUI to choose a zone. It allows fully customized with fully customizations for it. Um, you can choose an Active Directory site that it's for, an Active Directory OU that you want it to go to. You can set a password for it. It also supports integration with Dart. Um, 
Dark. And BitLocker. Yes, Dark. Dark. Um, and I, the biggest feature about it to me is, is how it integrates with the web service along with the other tools. It allows you to leverage a single point to bring all the information back into Configuration Manager. And, and to bring kind of the GUI front end piece together, I think uh, both of the, or, I mean, the two tools we talked about, plus there's many other ways to, to achieve it, um, the whole deal there is um, it, lets, it lets you put information in front of your techs as they're building machines so that they can customize and configure a device without a lot of back-end work having to go into it, without having to you know, pre-import devices into Config Manager or drop them into specific collections that have um, uh, collection variables on them or things like that. And so this is a great way to, uh, for, for people who you know, don't have a lot of time to, to spend uh, building this stuff out to be able to just leverage uh, uh, these tools that are just ready available out of the box and mobilizing. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the nice things I think about is, say, you know when you're deploying a, an operating system, it's usually the all unknown computers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if it, it has a nice thing. So if it detects that it's a, already a, a member of a collection, you can just flip a switch, click refresh, and then it's it's gone from Config Manager. Or if you're using BitLocker, one of the things is, okay, you won't go down to the disk, but it'll actually clear the BitLocker partitions before. And so that kind of stuff is, is really nice for that. So like it's not, it's not only just a GUI front end for, for OSD, but it's it's actually, or for, for the actual task sequence process to shove variables in, but it also has some utility mm -hmm. pre-build. Exactly, and you can customize as well, so you can have like your company logo and branding and everything like that. So um, it doesn't look as kind of um, generic or Microsoft branded as, as you might want. Sure, so. I like it. So a good tip if you're using the old UDI stuff, switch to this instead. Yeah. Because it's much more mm. robust. Agreed. TS launch from Johan Skrevelius. Oh, excellent nice. pronounce. That's my <laughs> colleague, so I can probably take that one. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Which one was it? It's uh, TS launch. Okay. Okay. Great. So basically, it's uh, for. Uh, Helping with uh, in-place upgrades for Windows 10 servicing, which we all do, going from 7 to 10, uh, doing a lot of prereqs, pre-download, and especially do making sure that the end user can select the time itself when you want to do the upgrade. Seven to because ten. Because that's what we want. Really? We, we Seven to ten. <coughs> I've had, I've had course. Course, unfortunately. So Absolutely. We, I told you, we did six, you know, six month deployment. We did seven to ten in place upgrades for 7,000 workstations over the course of six months. We used TS Launch, and it was the key, one of the, one of the major keys to, this, uh, to the success of our deployment because we were able to deploy this in batches to like so we, we said okay we're gonna we're gonna drop 100 machines in a collection per day and stagger that out and we had a 21 day window for them to be able to get prompted and delay up to 21 days okay. we were able to track that I built Power BI uh, on the front end I even worked with Johan to kind of talk through that and, and even gave some feedback on um, adding that into future release of the product of um, you know, being able to get more information on the status messages and was able to graph out uh, predictions of, okay, so based on TS launch, user has said, uh, I I'm, I'm want to deadline on this day. And so I could say, oh, I've got 30 machines that are going to install today. Not, we deployed it to 100 machines and in within 21 days, they're gonna all deadline. No, it was user decided I'm gonna deploy today. And we were able to track that progress 
And based on how it was stacked, we, we were able to um, decide, hey, do we want to deploy more? Then we're going to have some gaps where we have some lulls, or we could staff accordingly to make sure that we weren't going to, um, you know, if anything went wrong, have any issues. And so I thought it was an incredible tool that made our lives uh, significantly easier right out of the gate. So way to go, Johan. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so we're moving on to toast notification. That's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's from uh, Martin. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> but you can talk about it. I can. <laughs> so I can. Martin, Martin's a, 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 a big uh, son. He's actually Danish, so it's really not pronounced exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, so what this is all about is putting a toast, custom toast notification on your application. So replacing the native uh, alerts, messages, with your own custom messages where you can put your own images in there, you can mm -hmm. put your own text, you can put delays, you can handle components around saying more user-readable technology, really. What are, what are Toast notifications? So Toast notifications are the messages that pop the out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, so Toast notifications are the messages that come out from the right-hand side of your screen above the clock. Um, these can be suppressed, but in this scenario, they can't because it's actually not completely using the Toast notification technology that's built into Windows 10. So yeah, it's a, it's a really cool tool and you should use it if you're uh, needing to provide good communication to your customers. And he's built it in such a way that it allows you to do to, to customize any sort of notification that you want to use for any reason, put different words in here, uh, different text. Um, and allow users to do whatever they need to do. So apparently we're playing a game with a telephone on the table with written down. <laughs> I, I, like I would um, ask what's written down, but no, I think I'm not allowed no. to say it on the podcast, so no. I'm not going How much more bleeping do you want to do? <laughs> 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 oh, really? Oh my God! All right, so use toast notification tool by uh, Martin. It's freaking um, awesome. It really yeah. is. Yeah. All right, <coughs> recast, right-click tools. Donna, you've got the recast hoodie. No. I'm out. Yep. Brian works for recast. I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be viewed as a shill, so I let the person wearing our recast onesie at the show I brought up. And I'm not sure recast actually once. Because I have standards and I have self-respect. I think I think it would be hard to find a person in the community that doesn't have right click tools installed. Clearly, yeah, that's right. Console that's that true. Use. Absolutely. I would say it that way. And I would say that some of the, the innovation that right click tools has, has done has led to things being added to the product yep. uh, by the config manager team, inspired by the things that uh, Recast has built into their right click tools. Now, they do have a paid product, but they actually have a community edition. And I think that's what makes Recast a, such a, a great company is that they, they actually offer this tool to uh, allow you to do a lion's share of um, the things you need to do uh, to manage your clients on a regular basis with and for free. And now they have some advanced things in their paid product, but we're not going to get into those things if you want to know. Call those guys. Um, but right-click tools is a fantastic utility. If you don't have it installed, go install it today. I think version 4.0 just shipped and it's pretty. They have yeah, a lot less stuff. suck. 
And basically, it's crushed all the competition <laughs> as well, right? Because I mean, three three years ago there were like seven different right-click tools, mm -hmm. and now you have just dominated and killed all those off, yeah. like world domination or something. Two enter, one leaves. Yeah, which was never the intent. It was just uh, uh, we want to provide value to the community, uh, and we're a bunch of nerds. Clearly. Story. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah. just yeah. So, anything else you want to add on that, Brian? Right click tools before we move on? <laughs> How do we do? Did we sum it up? You've done good. I don't want to shill section um, <laughs> from our presentation <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> okay, client center for, configura for configuration center. I don't know that. I guess. Is that configuration That's Xander's ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, Xander. That's um, Xander's right. tool. Yeah, that from the. When so it used to work in 2007, to, and now it's 2012, <laughs> and then now it's oh, all the way back. What? It started. Oh yeah, it started. Well, yeah, it started back in 03, but it was popular with 2007, yeah. and then it kind of disappeared with 2012, and now it's slowly starting to come back. I it did a PR on it on GitHub the other day, and he accepted my changes and stuff. So yeah. I, yeah. I'm a well, contributor to it. Yo, oh, get yeah. it and use he, it. It's awesome. He just recently started contributing to it and putting back putting work back into it again. Yeah. Um, Short around the 2012 R2 to 1511 conversion time, he um, he built the original 2012 one and it kind of petered off a bit. And then once the current branch stuff came, he was quiet for a while. And just recently, I saw on Twitter all of a sudden that he was tweeting out that he was releasing another version of it, which is awesome because I remember back in the 2007 days of configuration manager, there were things that you just did not fix without having that tool. It's still the same. It's still at times the same with it stuff like that. the first tool that I go and install on every customer's server yes. when yep. I'm agreed. sitting in to do troubleshooting. Yeah, yep. I agree. They sit there, they go, oh, I don't know what's going on. It's like, all right, let's have a look. Yeah. And it brings back the logs, it brings back everything you can think of yeah. of what's going on on the computer. The, the, the reason why it dropped in popularity was that he switched to WinRM mm -hmm. and that yeah. wasn't very highly adopted at that time you know, so many still, oh no I can't use this anymore. It, it's actually uh, but a now it's better again, so. that we've enabled WinRM yeah. in our environment because on every single machine I touched I would enable it so why are, at yeah. this point yeah. we, we've already enabled it on most machines let's at least control it. Um, I actually have a PowerShell script where I just give it a comma delimited list of machines and it will open up client center and connect to you know connect to each machine with client center when I'm trying to you know work through a bunch of different uh, yeah. troubleshooting and stuff so yep. yeah I think we're all in agreement this is yeah. one of the best absolutely it's a, that you should have in your yeah environment. and probably one of the really good things about it is that it's in the store and it's also click to run as well so yeah it's available wherever you need it. And so, MSIX, yes, and if MSIX. you want to play around with and that. And while you're there getting getting this tool, check out some of the other stuff that, that he's been yeah. pumping out. He's got one of the... Um, he is Roger Zander. Okay, anything else on that before we have one more community tool coming up and then we're done before we move to our final tool. Any last words on this one? Use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. use it. And find his other stuff, it's good. Labs web app, LithNet. I have actually never heard of this one. What? Wow. Okay, who can speak to it? I mean, well, for a you can. I, yeah, I wrote the slide. Right to do it. Okay. Yeah. I was just seeing if anyone else picked up. <laughs> Basically, it's a web front end for LAPS passwords. And so you're you releasing can, it today? No, 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 no. It's been on. Um, it's on GitHub and been there for two years, I think. Developed by some uh, AD MVPs, identity MVPs. Uh, it's really good. So it basically proxies uh, all your permissions you need to get the password using LAPS. 
and you can have different security settings for different AD groups. You can get auditing, so if it's sensitive machines, you can get an email when someone requests that password. Uh, so it's actually really, really, really good. And, and just to, for the audience, what's Labs? Ah, local admin password solution, which everyone should use from Microsoft yeah, to manage the local admin password. Or you just Absolutely, don't set a yeah. local admin account. Yeah. And yeah, but that doesn't do that. help because you enable it like this, so that's wrong. You should definitely manage it. And this is but a tool that you that said is integrated with uh, Config Manager as well, right? Yeah. I think, is it? Am I wrong? What was the question? question? No, 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 no. Isn't there a right-click option no. in Configure? No, you're thinking that. No. You're thinking MBAM coming, but no, oh, not yeah. lip laps. So. Isn't there, is there one? There's a right-click tool. <clears throat> I was going to say, there's a right-click tool. Yeah, there's a right-click tool for it. Maybe that's, well. okay, I have yeah. seen it in the console. Yeah, that's why. Right. Because, uh, who, who makes that right-click tool again? I can't remember. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> okay, anything else on this one? No, but it, it, it's really great. Yeah. Test it out. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you need laps. I mean, you really absolutely. do. You need yeah. laps, and when you use laps for a while, you need this. Well, and it, it's one of those too. We, you know, we've had, you know, within an, our team, we've gone into you know, organizations that have had um, ransomware outbreaks and whatnot, and it's one of those, you know, the, those common things that you should have fixed. You know, your your firewall should be up, but you know, not rotating and not having control of your local admin password. You're ask, asking for for problems. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I talked to the security people and that's always on the, their top shortest list is don't let people have admin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My last organization before Credential Guard kind of entered the picture, right? We had some in internal penetration tests and they came in four minutes. They were able to pass the hash on uh, our local admin password and you know, thank thank deity that we had paid them to come in because again four minutes and what they did is they just walked up to somebody some random person in our organization said we're from security we need your laptop walked away <laughs> <laughs> and it was done it was over like a whole game over boom domain admin in like a couple of seconds what's that didn't even offer from a mass bar or anything no i mean just you come in and with authority you grab the laptop and like oh yeah but i mean nine out of ten end users would give them that that's what i mean like no discussion yeah exactly right like whatever sure clearly it's not mine we had a security incident relatively recently where basically it was actually it was on a server it was a local administrator account even on a server that wasn't being managed, it was just the default, you know, they had set the password for it. It was a VM and, and they physically took it away? Nope. It was, uh, <laughs> so what happened was, was the, the attacker got access to the local admin password and they just sat there and waited. Um, and what actually happened was, was that somebody was like, you know what, all these servers haven't been patched in forever. And they decided to go and log in and RDP to every single one of the that servers. That was you, right? Nope. His name was Jordan? It wasn't. Um, went yeah. and logged Jordan into Sanchez. all the servers and start <laughs> patching them. And in the middle of patching them, the attacker saw the RDP event login, LSAS dumped it out, grabbed the credential hash, and it was over. Organization stopped existing in about 43 minutes. Wow. So... To reiterate, use last. Use last. Use last. <laughs> that was a scary story. Yeah. <laughs> the next true detective. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us for the Community Tools Podcast. I'd like to close by having everyone yell out their top three community tools at once. Okay, Wim Witch. <laughs> driver automation tool. Driver automation tool. Client center. Client center. Recast. Oh. <laughs> recast. Recast for Recast right click tool. For free. <laughs> the community tool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Everyone say goodbye. Thank you. Hey, goodbye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.